When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> You're in the fall. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est bon. Ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. pour les Canadiens. Le match troisième de l'histoire. You found the dogs, John. You found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. Matt O'Hayan with you on this Tuesday evening. It's the Sick Podcast. For those of you that are expecting Tony, uh, I'm sorry. He went on vacation. So I will be doing the, uh, for the next two weeks, I will be doing the nights with uh, with Habs games. So I'll be doing your post-game show for the next two weeks. Uh, Tony will be back tomorrow. And then it will be me on uh, the regularly scheduled Friday, but before that Thursday, because today's Tuesday, it's hard to know the days of the week these days, man. All right, let's take care of some things before we talk about the game. Uh, the sick podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Energy Transportation Group has recently been named by Deloitte and CIBC as one of Canada's best managed companies, the country's leading business award, recognizing innovative and world-class companies. The best managed Canadian companies designation fuels energy's purpose of creating progress for our customers, our employees, and our communities. Join a winning team and check out Energy career page for available opportunities we're also brought to you by playground experience the world-renowned poker experience with free food and drinks at their cash games table a bad beat jackpot that's already over seven hundred thousand dollars after the world record setting amount of two million five hundred and ninety thousand dollars was won on august 2nd weekly promotions daily tournaments and unmatched customer service why play anywhere else? Located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes away from downtown Montreal. Playground, and of course, by La Beta TV Beer. Brewed in Quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards, La Beta TV offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Beta TV, embrace your true nature. Okay, well, we could all breathe uh, a sigh of relief, or uh, Habs fans can at least. If you're a Dallas Stars fan, I'm sorry about that that they got your hopes up. Um, yeah, what a wild game. Wild, wild game. Uh, right from the right from puck drop, literally. 11 seconds in, Dallas scores. Uh, and then it was pretty much all Canadians until the last five minutes of the game. So let's break it all down with my usual Friday guest. He's here on Tuesday. His name is Mr. Stu Cowan of the Montreal Gazette. Stu, how are we doing? It is hard to keep track of what day it is during the holidays, right? <laughs> oh man, oh man! You know, I've been like, listen, like I've a hot pack to COVID when it was the same thing. <laughs> but that, but you know, it's like I've been off since Friday. 
you know, so I don't know what the hell day it was. I thought New Year's was on Saturday. Uh, I don't know. I had no idea what was going on. But uh, back to regularly scheduled programming, uh, your Montreal Canadiens close out that uh, that road trip with a win. Yeah, it was uh, what a wild finish. It certainly looked like it was over when Caulfield scored a third goal in three games to make it 4-1. Uh, Stars came really close to tying it up at the end also. But, you know, after the morning skate in Dallas this morning, Marty St. Louis was talking about how this was, you know, the seventh straight road game they've played. And they now finished that stretch with a 3-3-3-1 record. And as he said before it started, if you had said we would finish 500, uh, we'd be satisfied with that. So I guess they are satisfied. It was a big win, especially after losing three in a row uh, after the Christmas break. Um, but one thing, and we've talked about this before, one of the most impressive things about this Canadian team with Marty St. Louis, they don't give up. You know, a goal 11 seconds in, bad giveaway, bad mistake by Mike Matheson behind his own net. Uh, they come back and fight back, take a 4-1 lead. They're down 4-3. There was a little bit of panic. I don't think there was no panic in those last mm. uh, that last minute. Dallas came really close to scoring there right near the end. But they hung in, and Sam Montabo, another strong game, back-to-back starts for the fifth time this season. There's no doubt right now that he is the number one goalie on this team. Um, impressive win. Nice way for them to finish it. They were flying home after the game. Uh, they're going to arrive at around 3.15 this morning at uh, in St. Hubert and uh, back on the ice Thursday. So uh, uh, you know, they have a, the good news is for them, they're coming home. The bad news is they have a losing record at home. I think they're 7-9-2 and two at the Bell Centre. They've been better on the road this season. And uh, the, I mean, they have been, I, I don't, can't remember if they've, uh, they, I think they played Buffalo earlier this season for sure. Um, if I remember correctly, but Buffalo at the bell center, I mean, well, they played in Buffalo. I, that was when Davis Savard broke his hand. I remember that game. Right. And yeah. uh, the last time, I think it was the last time Buffalo played at the bell center, they routed the Canadians like eight to three or something. I, I was at that game. Yeah. It was last season. It's uh, they, they, I think uh, give that one to Sam Montebo again. Don't let uh, yeah, don't let Allen face those demons again. That's going to be a really hard game for the Canes Thursday night. They've been away from home for a long time. Uh, you know, they came home briefly there for Christmas, and then we're right back on the road again. As I mentioned earlier, seven straight road games. Getting home, it's you know, by the time they get back to their house, they're landing around three fifteen this morning. It's going to be four thirty, five o'clock in the morning by the time they get to bed. Uh, obviously the tomorrow's a day off for them, but then, you know, a lot of family stuff going on. Kids happy to see their fathers, the ones who have kids again. Uh, you know, they're, they're going to be tired. Thursday's going to be a really tough game for the Canes at the Bell Center. It's uh, the first game back after any road trip is always hard. First game back after such a long period on the road is really hard. So that makes this win tonight even more important that they, they pick up a couple of points in the standings. And listen, I work a desk job, um, you know, in my day-to-day. I find it difficult to work my desk job after, you know, missing one night, uh, going to bed late one night. You know, it's 3 a.m. I can't sleep. And then I go to work the next day. Uh, I can't imagine playing hockey at a high level the next day against a team that really wants to beat you because that is a that is a reeling and desperate uh, Buffalo Sabres team that cannot be happy where, where they are in the standings. But uh, let, let's talk. Let's talk more about tonight because, you know, we spoke on Friday. Uh, I think some players have were tuning into that tuned into that episode you know we, t- we spoke about what uh nick suzuki's new year's resolution should be because mm-hmm. you know we want to keep them realistic and you said he should be hitting 82 points well those two points tonight will help him yep he's right close to a point a game he's he's been he's been what it's uh i think it's i, can, I just looked it up before and i can't remember how many it's like six goals in his last eight games or something like that he's he's been on quite a roll he, he's i mean I tweeted earlier tonight. If he was on a if Nick Suzuki played on a, a real on a really good team and a top contending team, I think people would appreciate him even more. He does so many things well. Uh, big goal, you know, getting that first goal tonight to tie it up one-one after they were down early. Uh, playing against the other team's top line every game. Uh, he's just he's consistent. You know, he's not as we mentioned on uh, Friday. You know, I don't think he's ever going to be a hundred-point player, a top ten NHL scorer, but he's a steady point per game, two-way. Defense centerman who's gotten a lot better on faceoffs this season, also. And now that Caulfield's starting to score and Slavkovsky's coming along, he's got seven points on the last eight games, uh, three goals in the last three games for Caulfield. That's only going to help Suzuki with this point production, obviously. So, you know, Nick Suzuki is just a really good, smart, solid, steady hockey player. And we saw that again tonight. Yeah. Uh, it's really, I was really impressed with the way he played today. I, you know, it's hard to knock 
really any Canadians player tonight. Uh, I think they just played really well as a unit. Would they like to have had some more time in Dallas's zone, you know, equalize those shots on net a little bit and even out the scoring chances? Maybe, but hey, uh, they they know what they wanted to do. They wanted to escape with a victory, and that's what they did. Uh, more goals from defensemen, which is always an added bonus. Like, this is what... 30, they're doing. 30 goals now. I'm not sure if Colorado... I know they were one ahead of Colorado. I don't know... If- Colorado game still going on. I don't know how many defensemen have scored then uh, there, but uh, it's 30 goals now for the Canadians uh, defense and Colorado at 29 going into tonight. So it's uh, the defense just keep putting the puck in the net. Well, that's it. And you know, like, Tonight was the perfect storm for a victory in the sense that you had a goaltender playing well. You had your best two forwards uh, score, uh, put the puck mm-hmm. in the back of the net, uh, and then you got help from the defense like that on, on the score sheet. I mean, what more could you want? Uh, that's a recipe for success in, on any given night, no matter who you're playing. And, uh, you know, Dallas, for, for all intents and purposes, they're they're in the conversation to be one of the cup favorites this year. They have one of the best home records in the NHL. Well, that before the game, they were 12-5-1. Obviously, they're 12-6-1 now. Uh, and just, again, uh, I mean, what more can you say? There was a, It was good performance all around. Again, the, the Frankie Corrado on the TSN broadcast could not stop singing the praises of Yuri Slavkovsky and how well he was playing. Especially on the back. What a solid game he played. I mean, a nice setup on Suzuki's goal. Uh, he made a key play uh, on Caulfield's goal also. Uh, seven points in the last eight games. He's, he's, and what really impressed me was one of the power plays. He got a one-timer opportunity, and he actually one-timed it. And it was a good shot. He didn't score, but he's got to do that more. There's, he's too hesitant shooting the puck. Uh, he'd have a lot more goals, if, quite a few more goals anyway, if he would shoot the puck more often. So that was a good sign. He got a pass for a one-timer on the power play, and he let it rip. Good shot. Goalie made a save, but we got to see more, out of the, more of that from him. But you can just see his confidence growing, uh, getting better each game. And if that line can really start clicking, that's going to help the Canadians. Obviously, it's going to help them pick up a lot more points in the standings. Um, and unfortunately, while some players, you know, uh, well, Caulfield has been taking advantage of his uh, what was on his Christmas list on a new st- a new mm-hmm. hockey stick. Uh, he's no longer snake bitten, it seems, because goals in three games. That's a good way to get the yep. monkey off your back. Unfortunately, though, the injury bug just cannot be shaken. Yeah. Uh, and that that and you know what? Jokes aside, that that looked really that looked really bad for it was hard that with Josh Anderson. Yeah, it was hard. I mean, he got the high stick in the face there in the first minute. We mm-hmm. saw that. But it, it looked like it might have been a groin. I couldn't the, the replay I saw was sort of hard to see what it was. Definitely lower body the way he was limping yeah. off the ice. Uh, but man, it just not not just injuries, but injuries to key guys and long term. Hopefully this isn't serious for Josh Anderson. But it sure didn't look good when he's being helped uh, down the hallway there to the locker room. And uh, he, he had a good game tonight also. And uh, mm-hmm. boy, if they lose him, it's like it's just Marty St. Louis must just be going, come on, like throw your hands up in the air at some point. Like how do how do you keep competing? It's it's impressive how they've been able to compete without, uh, you know, Doc since game two, <clears throat> New Hook gone and all those games with David Savard. But, I mean, Josh Anderson, would be, especially when Josh Anderson just started to get going and scoring goals to lose him, that would be a huge blow. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, you know, that, and that's what they were saying on the broadcast. It's so unfortunate just because he's a guy that's just regained his confidence. Everything he's been touching has been going into the back of the net. And he, again, it's like clockwork. Anytime this happens with the Canadians, uh, the past three seasons, it seems it's going well for anyone except for uh, Nick Suzuki, who, you know, he will. It seems like he'll never get injured. I don't, know, I don't know what he drinks or eats or whatever he does. I know the Canadians put a video on their Twitter account before the game with some drink he was mixing, some sports nutrition drink or something. They should all drink it, whatever it is, because it's incredible how this guy just never gets hurt. And he plays. Yeah, it, he plays a physical game, Nick Suzuki too. He's not not like he avoids contact. I mean, he's he's a physical player, and uh, how he hasn't got hurt. You know, knock on wood for the Canadians' sake, it doesn't happen. Uh, but you know, Josh Anderson's not only scoring. I mean. Physical presence again, again, yeah. the game in Tampa with the big hit followed by the fight. Uh, I'm, anybody who's listening to the show knows I, I'm a fan of Josh Anderson. I, I think the Kings would be crazy to get rid of him. Uh, but boy, if they lose him now with an injury, what a huge blow. But that it's that's just it, you know. It's it's they they don't have a you don't have a presence at at that point you know you need uh you who you need to set who you need to step up is the guy with the physical presence on the ice who is Yuri Slavkovsky um you know if he could 
you know, relish the opportunity. Obviously, we're speculating that this is uh, that this is you know a long term injury, but it's, from the way it looked, we're going to run with that. Is that you need Slavkovsky to step up even more now because you need to take him, take his game to another level because the Canadians are really going to miss that physical presence with him with Josh Anderson out of the lineup and Arbor Jackeye down in Laval. You know the the big bodies are starting to dwindle now. Yeah, and as Martin St. Louis said in the past, he doesn't want to throw too many things at Slavkovsky at the same time. Like we work on one thing and get him doing that, and then work on another, work on another. You know, as I mentioned, the one timer tonight that's a good sign that he's shooting the puck more. Being more physical, we've seen that come, like just using his body to his advantage as opposed to planting guys into the boards like Josh Anderson does. But that's something else that Slavkovsky is going to need to make part of his game or should make part of his game, and he can with the size uh, he has and the strength he has. Uh, but as Marty St. Louis said, and they've said right from the beginning, uh, it's baby steps with Slavkovsky. You know, Ken Hughes said recently he figures it's three to four years away from seeing the player Slavkovsky become the player that they were – anticipating he would become or hoping he would become when they drafted him. But the progress he's made over the last uh, month or so um, has been really, really impressive. And and you're right. I mean, he's going to have to now they'll make push on him a little bit more to use his body more on the four check and throw some more checks. Don't just go with the one hand stick check, you know, let the defenseman know you're there. Uh, hit guys into the boards. They'll take a little bit of uh, uh, Josh Anderson's game and make it part of his game. But against Lukowski, the he's improving. He's not scoring goals. Um, you know, he's only got four goals still, but uh, he's producing more, he's getting more assists, and he's, he's looking much more comfortable playing with Suzuki and Caulfield. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So uh, one more guy we, I, or at least I need to throw some flowers at is because uh, I knocked him on Friday again. Maybe he was listening. Uh, Jordan Harris. You know, I said he doesn't have a shot. What does he do? He just uh, gets a secondary assist on Nick Suzuki's uh, goal and then uh, wires one past Scott Wedgwood in the second period. Uh, that, you know, it was a great shot. It really was. It was a well-placed shot. Uh, he had another very good game. And uh, listen, the Canadians and Marte St. Louis, for all the bad problems he has of players falling down to injury nonstop and uh, three-goalie system, well, he can. he has good problems on his hands on the back end at least. Yeah, and Jordan Harris is a really smart guy. He knows what the situation is. I mean, he's seeing his buddy Jaden Struble basically, you know, take over his guaranteed spot on the on the blue line. He's seen Jonathan Kovacevic, another one of his buddies, be made a healthy scratch, only back in the lineup now uh, because of the injury to Dvorak. They dressed seven defensemen for the second straight game. Uh, he knows Arbor Jacka is down in Laval. He knows uh, Logan Mayo is down in Laval. He knows David Reinbacker is coming. There's going to be a huge battle for jobs coming in. And I'm sure Jordan Harris knew that going into the last couple of games when he got back in the lineup. He's got to step up now. He's got to show uh, that he deserves a spot on this blue line and try and make it difficult for the Canadians to take him out of the lineup the same way Jaden Struble did. I mean, Jaden Struble, nobody, you know, Kent Hughes told him when he called him up that he wasn't probably going to play in any games. And then Jordan Harris got hurt and Struble made the most of that opportunity. So now for Jordan Harris's sake, he, as I said, he knows the situation. He knows that he's fighting now to keep a, a regular spot on the Canadians blue line. And he certainly helped this case tonight. Yeah, he did. He really did. And again, it's just, I don't know how, I mean, other than obviously uh, Josh Anderson, um, I don't know how you don't go back with the same lineup actually. Well, uh, you know, the Canadians were playing with, uh, with seven defensemen tonight. So, 
maybe that'll make uh, that'll make things easier for Martin St. Louis. Uh, you know, because Anderson goes out, you play, or you know, I don't well, know. History don't now, know. I mean, somebody's getting Heineman or somebody's getting called up from Laval again. Uh, you know, I was wondering yeah. if the Yule Army might get uh, sent down again or get benched after that dumb penalty he took uh, a couple of games ago that cost them. But uh, yeah, now bodies. If Josh Anderson isn't ready to play, somebody's getting called up from Laval. Do they go with seven defense and eleven forwards again? That's not ideal. It's also not ideal to keep three goalies around. What they've done that. Um, but you know, they won tonight with seven defensemen. Uh, so maybe that'll be the case again. They'll call up Heineman or someone from Laval and just uh, put him into Anderson's spot. But again, we're speculating here. We don't know if Anderson's definitely out, but it sure didn't. The way he left, it didn't look like he's going to be back uh, playing Thursday night. Hopefully he is, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but again, just, uh, you know, that's a big part of the loss. It's just, I mean, well, it was a win. Big part of the win was uh, Josh Anderson going down, but that's really the only loss the Canadians took on the night on really what was just a fantastic real performance um, uh, on, on tonight on a game that I really think a lot of people were expecting, you know, could have been a disastrous night. It's, it's oh. exactly what could what happened against uh, Chicago. Granted, Chicago is one of the worst teams in the NHL. This makes it even more impressive because it's one of the best teams. Is that again end of a road trip? Uh, you know, you're coming back home. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys are tired. They're they're sick of being on the road. They want to see their families. Uh, they could have just dogged it tonight. And, and then you're down. I, one. Th- I thought exactly. I thought it was going to be a disastrous game when 11 seconds in, I started yeah, laughing. I, I, I thought the same thing. And the thing is, like these guys would have packed up their suitcases at the hotel uh, before going to the game tonight uh, to get ready to go to the plane. They all know they're going back home. It's been a long haul, and then, as I mentioned earlier, with Christmas and and everything else, and New Year's on the road. I'm uh, looking forward to getting back home. And then you know, 11 seconds in, you're like, oh man, are you kidding? <laughs> You know, you're down one nothing. Eleven seconds in against one of the, you know, most of the guys have the guys haven't even broken a sweat yet. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. and, you're, and you're down. I mean, the coaches might not even have noticed. You know, Marty Saint Louis might have been looking at his notes or something and looks up and it's one nothing. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the fight back the way they did, as I mentioned off the top of the show, this this team doesn't give up. They really don't. They 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 fight hard. They play hard. Uh, they're not talented to win uh, a lot of games. Uh, but tonight they were against a much more talented team and they came away with the win. And at the end there, I mean, if that game had gone another 30 seconds, I think Dallas would have tied it up. I mean, you can see the game yeah. really yeah, starting yeah. to scramble and Dallas was coming really hard, pumped up after getting two goals with uh, the goalie on the bench for an extra attacker. And if it went a little bit longer, uh, I think they would have tied, but it didn't. It's a game 60 minutes. It was over and the Canes hung on and they got two points. And, and listen, for – for all intents and purposes, like the next few games, like now, uh, you know, just to let our viewers know as things stand right now, it's uh, the first intermission between Ottawa and Vancouver. Ottawa's dead in the water. They got a million yeah. games in hand on everyone, but it's five nothing. Van- it's five nothing for Vancouver right now in the first. What a disaster! Uh, yeah, it's in Ottawa. I don't know what what the hell is going on over there, but uh, it ain't pretty. So uh, they're pretty much done this season. That turns, but for the Canadians to bring it back, that turns those games into must wins. And the game on Thursday against Buffalo, that's, you know, if you want to make a push because of where yeah. you are, you got to win that game. That, yeah. And that's a very winnable game against the team that's not playing very well and who struggles on the road while you struggle at home. So uh, something's got to give there. Yep, and as I said, that's going to be a tough game for the Canadians. Uh, but uh, they'll, you know, it'll be a nice, it'll be a good flight home tonight. They're going to be tired. They're going to be looking forward yeah. to getting home. But it'll, they'll be that—that that was a, a win to be proud of. Like that was really a, a, a solid team effort, and especially the way they they hung on, hung on at the end there. That was that was impressive. I mean, it, it, it was shaky. It was like this. I was watching the game, saying, "Oh man, they're going to tie it up here." And uh, they didn't, though. And Sam Mountainbow, again, as I mentioned earlier, just showing that he is he is the number one goalie on this team moving forward. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And it looks like I imagine Jake Allen is the goalie they will end up trading uh, once uh, Kent Hughes gets what he thinks is a good deal for that. And then we'll see uh, Sam Montebo as a number one goalie with Caden Primo for the backup for the rest of this season anyway. And uh, see how the goaltending situation works out after that. But Sam Montebo, just uh, another solid performance. I mean, can't blame him for that first goal. I mean, the puck all, Matson has the puck behind the net and all of a sudden it pops out right in front in the slot and it's in the back of the net. First shot in your face. But uh, at the end of the game, he made some big saves there near the end of the game to, to keep that, to let the Canadians win.
Yeah, it's just uh, it's just been uh, you. There's no complaints about this win. And l- listen, you want to go to the macro level. Uh, you know, you take a look at the two games on uh, New Year's Eve and the day before against Florida. Um, you know, the Canadians were in it. I'm not going to say they deserved to win those games, mm-hmm. but they were in it. And those are tough teams, and those are tough games for the Canadians. You know, we we always say there was a. You know, the Canadians were 0-12 between the games of Christmas and New Year's. Uh, you know, there was that stat that was floating around or something like that mm-hmm. um, on Twitter. And, you know, they may have lost both games, but they, they gave they gave Florida and Tampa a lot to handle. And finally, like the efforts paid off. It's kind of like it's kind of like what's what, what's been going on in our conversations. You know, we've been talking like, oh, something's got to give when it was with Josh Anderson. He's getting all yeah. these chances. He's finally he's got to get it's got to materialize like enough's enough. Finally, it was materializing. We said the same thing about Yuri Slavkovsky. They were talking so so highly of him and all the progression he's made. And then finally, it paid off. He started finding the score sheet. And now it happened uh, in these last three games. They played really, really well against Florida and Tampa Bay. Finally, the the the, the system and however they and their efforts were finally rewarded against Dallas. And it, it's good to. It, again, it's just it's one that feels very good. Like again, like you said, it's it's a tough flight home. You know they're gonna get home in their houses around five a.m., but they're gonna feel really good getting into bed tonight. Yeah, and St. Louis said after the morning skate that the, the team had played well. You know they played well. They outshot Tampa. I think it was thirty to twenty. They just couldn't capitalize on their chances, which is a familiar theme with this team. You know, especially with the forwards. The forwards have really struggled to score, but now uh, with Caulfield starting to score and Anderson had been starting to score. Uh, Slavkowski starting to produce offense, not scoring, but with that assists. Um, yeah, there's a reason for optimism moving forward that, that this team can can continue. You know, they're gonna they're not gonna make the playoffs. I've said that right since before the season started. And that was before mm-hmm. Kurt Hawk got hurt and Newhawk Newhook got hurt. But I also said they'd be entertaining to watch, and they and they you know they they battle, and that's what they're doing. They they battle, they fight. Tonight was an entertaining game, <laughs> hectic at the end for Canadians fans. But I think we're going to see more of that as the season goes on. They're just they're going to compete. They're going to battle. Uh, they're going to win games that they shouldn't win or you think they shouldn't win, like tonight against Dallas. Uh, they'll probably lose some games that you think they should win against the worst teams. But that's that's hockey. That's pro sports. But the fight's there. The fight's there. And, again, that's the thing that's impressed me the most from day one when Marty St. Louis took over is just this team has a – uh, a passion uh, and an attitude, as, as Martin Sandler said, morning. he likes their attitude. He likes the passion that they play with. And he said, if that when that passion starts to fade, that's when the attitude can change. And we saw that with you know at the end of Dominic Ducharme's reign as coach. There was no passion. The attitude was terrible. Uh, but Marty Saint Louis, the the passion's there. The attitude's good. Um, and it was a big win. And that's, they they showed that attitude tonight, just the way they came back. As we were mentioning, you know, a goal eleven seconds in, and then hanging on at the end by the skin of their teeth to, to get to two points. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to clarify this because people in the comments seem to think that I'm convinced that the Canadians are going to make the playoffs. What I mean by making a push is the team needs to progress at some point. You know, There's only yeah. so much where it's only – you can only play non-consequential hockey for so long where the games don't matter and, you know, it's all good and – just don't make a mistake out there and if you make it just it. like that's all fun and well, but the games are going to have to matter. And we're seeing it in front of our eyes that yeah, the games they are playing them. They're playing them like they matter because frankly, they're, they're in the position and, you know, in their heads, you know, when, when the players here, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon say, we're not going to say the P word. I'm sure their instincts, you know, as professional athletes, what went off in their head, they said, yeah, well, we'll show you. We'll show you yeah. what the P word. We'll show you about the P word. You don't want a losing attitude in the room. I mean, Ottawa looks. They they seem to have a losing attitude there. It's whatever. They hey, have five one. Don't look now, but it's five one. They got so much talent. Like, why is that team so bad year after every year? It's okay. This is the year. This is the year. This is the year, and it's never the year. Buffalo is a similar situation. This is the year. This is the year. This is the year, and so much about you know we're we'll calling recently. Like you know, ninety percent of coaching today is just getting players to want to play for you and getting them to buy into what you're selling. And there's all kinds of different systems in hockey. Uh, basically, any system can work. These systems can work if they perform if they perform them well. You look at the different systems different teams play with. You know, the LA Kings are that 1-3-1. One, one. 
if, it, if your oh, players buy into it and they want to play it, it really works. If the players don't buy into it and they don't want to play it, it doesn't work. So it's the same. And, and that's Marty St. Louis' biggest asset to me as a coach is his ability to get the players to buy into what he's selling and want to play for him and want to do what he tells them to do and listening to what he's trying to, uh, how he's trying to coach them. And we're seeing that and we're seeing the little pro. So, you know, no, I, I've said right from before the season started, they won't make the playoffs, and I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But they're going to compete, and that's what you want. I mean, some people say, oh, just tank, and tanking, you know, doesn't guarantee you're going to get the first pick overall anyway. Um, you play as hard as you can. Uh, you try and win every game, and that's what the Canadians are doing. And uh, they got to go, you know, I've also seen people, you know, talking about how, you know, they oh, trade Mike Matheson, get a draft pick for him. At some point, if all you keep doing is trading your good players for draft picks, you're never you're going to be rebuilding forever, right? You got to keep some good players that are older veteran guys. Uh, Mike Matheson, I wouldn't trade him. I mean, he's a, he's a valuable commodity to this team. He's 29 years old. I think he's in phenomenal shape. He's playing 27 minutes a game. I mean, David Savard, I can see trading David Savard at age 33. Yeah. You're going to get a first round pick, but you can't just you can't just trade everybody for picks. You know, those picks don't always work out. Uh, you look down, you know, the list. Not every pick is Connor Bedard. You look down the list of first-round picks. I mean, there's been Uri Slavkowski, number one overall pick. He's got four goals this season. He's playing better, but he's three, four years away, as Kent Hughes said, from being the player they hope he'll be. And if you have keep having doing that and keep bringing in draft picks and draft picks, you're going to be always be three, four years away from getting where you want to be. So the Canes are have got a good mix right now of uh, – their whole core group is like 22, 23, 24 years old. A couple of your older guys, like, you know, a Matheson at 29. Um, and that's the way I, that's the way I think you rebuild. You don't just – you don't want to suck every year, right? You, they got the number one. They got a number five pick last year. They'll probably end up with a top ten pick this year again. And then, uh, you know, two years from now, with, you, with these guys building, then you hope they'll be in a position where they're a legitimate playoff contender. And, and listen, this isn't – for the people that are still like, you got to lose, 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 lose every game, like to build off of what you just said is that I've, I find hockey fans and, you know, I'm, I'm, we're kind of stuck in the Habs vacuum, Habs bubble vacuum, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's hockey fans in general who, you know, get very, very into draft picks and prospects. And like, it's just, it's not like the NFL. No. where you know or the nba you take or like the nfl where it's like you take a guy in the fifth round that guy is making your 52 man roster next year like it's or 53 yeah. man roster yeah. like it's gonna happen mm-hmm. uh even in the fifth round like you know it's just not the way it is in the nhl like you're no, in the nfl you're drafting and, older, the guys you're drafting 20 21 year olds too you're not drafting 18 year olds Right. I've told so many people go back, you know, when you said the NHL guide, the actual thick book, or now just go online and look at first round draft picks. I mean, people talk about the Canadians and how terrible they've been with their first round draft picks. And they have been. There was like a seven year span where there where it was yeah. it was all busts. But look at every year, go down, you know, go on hockey DB or whatever and look at the first round picks every year. And like 80% of the guys or 70% of the guys you've never heard of, or you go, that guy was a first round pick. So it's there's no there's no guarantee that these picks are going to – and what Ken Hughes has done now, he's got 11 picks this year. You get a lot of picks, and obviously it improves your chances of getting somebody who's going to uh, come through and make it. But uh, just – I don't like that loser attitude where just lose, 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 and tank, tank, tank. I don't think it, it's a, a way to uh, to build a team. I mean, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins did it years ago for Mary Lemieux, but that's when the worst team was guaranteed getting the number one pick. Right? So it made sense. There's no lottery. You're going to get Mary Lemieux if you suck. Okay, so we're going to suck this year. Uh, if it had been the same well, with Connor Bedard last year, okay, you tank it. But there's no guarantee if you finish last, you're going to get the number one pick. Well, that's it. And it's also just, you know, there's something to be said about it. And it goes back to a winning and losing culture. Like, you look at I, – I take a look at fans of certain NFL teams who, you know, they've had success – for historically forever in their franchise. So like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to bring the example for our fans. Um, The Pittsburgh Steelers, they're a division rival of the Cincinnati Bengals. I hate the Pittsburgh Steelers with all my guts. However, I admire what they do as a franchise. Mm -hmm. Like Mike Tomlin as their head coach has never had a losing season ever. 
He may have yep. missed the playoffs a couple of times, but he's never had a losing record. And that means something. Like, sure, yeah. they're not going to get the high highest pick every now and then. And I'm sure they would like to lose, you know, in hindsight, a couple more games. But that's just not the way the franchise operates. They don't no. accept losing. And, and the Boston and Bruins and hockey. The Canadians should be as well. Look at the Bruins in hockey. They lose two of their best centers in the offseason, and they just keep on winning. It's They, they built that's a culture it. there. They built a winning culture where they just they win. And the, losing isn't accepted. And once you start accepting losing, it's not good. It's hard to it's hard to shake that. It really is hard to shake that. And, and as a Canadians fan, do you want to watch them lose every game? You know, if you're a guy, a season ticket holder, paying tens of thousands of dollars for your tickets, do you want to watch them lose every game? What they, what you don't want to see is a team that you know isn't that good. And we saw this during the Mark Bergeron era a lot, mm-hmm. and making dumb trades at the trade deadline to just try and get into the playoffs, like. If the Canes are close this year, Kent Hughes isn't going to make dumb trades just to try and get into the playoffs and maybe something will happen, right? He has a plan. He has a rebuilding plan. If they're close to the playoffs at the trade deadline, there might he might not trade a guy that maybe he was going to trade. But like if they're offered a first-round pick for David Savard, he's going to trade David Savard, right? But if the other guys are like, you know, Sean Monaghan, if it's not what he wants, we're not, he's not getting what he worked, we're going to keep him because we're sort of close to maybe we'll get in. Uh, but I think that's what fans don't want. You don't want to see a team that you know they're not going to – like you don't have a team to get far in the playoffs and you're making dumb trades at the deadline that are jeopardizing your future. <clears throat> but as far as now, we're 36 games into the season, a lot of hockey left to be played. You know, you want to have a team as – a, as a fan, I would think you at least want to have a team that competes every night. And that's what the Canadians are doing. They don't win every night, but they compete hard every night. And they win games that they probably shouldn't have won. And tonight was one of them. Well, let's take that. And, you know, let's say the Canadians tonight, uh, it goes the way that you and I thought it was going to go 11 seconds into the first period. How many Canadians fans are flipping that off and want to watch that? Like you can't, like you're not watching that game as a Canadians fan. I'm sorry. Like as when I was, when, you know, two years ago when they were botting them out and that was, you know, Dominic Ducharme's last. I think turn the channel. I'm not watching. It's not worth it. And there was no, there was no, as Josh Anderson said before, after the Sharms last game, he said, it's no fun coming to the arena anymore, coming to the rink. You don't, you want to watch a team that's trying, and the Canes try hard. They work hard. Michael Pizzetta out there tonight doesn't get a lot of ice time. He's not a, a great hockey player, but, man, he gives you everything he's got every time he's on the ice. And those are the guys I think fans appreciate guys like that. And you just you want to watch guys working hard and, and, and working as hard as they can. And the Canes have a lot of guys that are doing that. Um, so let's uh, let's talk quickly about – uh, two or maybe three other things before we circle back to the Canadians I should mend uh, Montreal's PWHL team uh, had their debut tonight against Ottawa and they won three, two in overtime sold out crowd in Ottawa. It was, I think it was like 8,300 uh, people. I was watching it before the, uh, the start of the Canadians game, fast paced game, you know, good hockey. And Hey, it was a home opener in a inaugural season. Game was scheduled for seven. Puck dropped at seven thirteen on a home opener of an inaugural season. Yeah. I could accept that. You know, I'll live with that. No problem. And they're <laughs> playing at the Ottawa Sixty Sevens Arena too, which is smart because eight thousand people in an eight thousand seat arena is a great atmosphere. Whereas if you put eight thousand yeah. people at the Bell Center or, uh, uh, or NHL rink, it's not. So they, 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 it's smart the way it's smart the way they're trying to build this league. It really is. You know, Billy Jean King's involved. There's a lot of money involved. Um, so I think that the real challenge, and there's a lot of hype about it right now, which is great. There was a lot of fans, a lot of excitement, a lot of media coverage. To me, the test is going to be when it's like halfway through the season or so. Yeah. Um, is that vibe still going to be there? Are people, you know, hopefully they are, but that to me, that's their biggest challenge is going to be opening night. Of, it reminds me of the Expos, you know, opening day, 50,000 people at the big O yeah. game two. 30,000 and by game 10, you know, 7,000. So, you know, I'm hoping it's not the same. And I don't think it will because I think there's a lot of uh, women, who grew, more women now who grew up playing hockey, more young girls now playing hockey. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a fan base they need to build around. 
Uh, I know I saw in Toronto, they had the, the woman on the team signing autographs for kids before, I think it was after the game, which is a great idea. I remember taking my son uh, when he was little to go see the Vermont Lake Monsters baseball team play. It was a class A team. Uh, back then, they were the Oakland A's affiliate. And after the games, kids were allowed to run the bases and kids were allowed to get autographs in the dugouts with the players. And those are the things that will sell uh, something starting off at the grassroots level, like we're seeing with women's hockey now. So I think that's fantastic. And I, and I hope it works. Um, as I said, but it's going to, the, the test is going to be as we get like halfway or three quarters into the season uh, to see if there's still the same vibe around it. And hopefully there is. Yeah, I hope so too, because uh, I listen, a lot of these players come from university hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, and for example, one of the defense, uh, Defense women, we'll call them on the uh, on the Montreal team, is uh, Bridget Lagagnier. She played on the Concordia Stingers. I broadcast many of her games. Yeah. I've always said it: like if you can't afford to go to a Montreal Canadiens game and you really love hockey, you want a night out on the town. Mm-hmm. I mean, before it was go watch the university hockey, but yeah. now I'm sure these tickets are very affordable and it's a great product. I, you know, like if. Montreal likes to say we're a hockey city. I like to call this city a hab city or not, or an event city slash a hab city. Junior hockey has failed several times in Montreal, right? That's it. You know, and, and, you know, a lot of people get excited about prospects. So, you know, if you're excited about women's hockey in the Olympics, go check it out, go check out the product. Cause I, I, listen, I caught the first period before I switched over to the Habs game and it was a great product. I, I was very happy with what I was watching, and uh, it was entertaining. It didn't have me looking down at my phone like the Canadians have had uh, a couple times this season. <laughs> well, I have so much respect for these female athletes. And over the years, I've interviewed quite a few uh, female Olympic athletes, and the vast majority of them don't make much money at all from the sports they play. They literally do play for the love of the game. They really do. I mean, the Mary Philip Poulains of the world might make more. They have endorsement deals or that. But so many of these women, they 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 play for the love of the game and they put off a lot of things in life. You know, they put uh, relationships or having kids or, or jobs in a lot of times for the passion they have for their sport. And it's not like when they finish, they retire and they have enough money to live the rest of their lives like NHL players or or you know, male athletes in, in the big pro league. So I've always had so much admiration uh, and respect for the woman I've interviewed over the years at Olympic athletes, just because they literally do it because they love it so much. And now they have a pro league of their own. And now girls can look up and say, you know, um, I, that's what I want to do. You know, geez, I can play professional hockey. Uh, and at this point, the salaries are okay. They're not great, but they're okay. You know, you can, the, you know, if you're the middle or top people, you can make enough that they mm-hmm. can be your, uh, make a living off of it. Um, and that's cool. That's that's really cool. I hope, as I said, I, I hope it succeeds. I hope, and I think the fact that you know Billy Jean King is a lot of money behind this. Like, it's not like if it doesn't make money the first season or the second season, they're going to pack in the towel. There's a lot of money, a lot of power behind this, and they're committed uh, to make it work. And, and I really hope it does. And uh, it's off to a great start. You know, a lot of excitement around it. Uh, as you said, the eight thousand or whatever it was in Ottawa tonight, they had a big crowd in uh, Toronto yesterday. Uh, you know, Montreal's got Mary Philip Poulain, the best probably the best women's hockey player in the world on their team. So that alone, uh, her alone is worth going out to check it out, right? You get to see uh, the best the best athlete of what she does in the world. Well, that's it. And it, it really just, you know, for me, it, I, I always thought, like, where do these women go after they mm-hmm. play, you know, at, they really only showed up every four years on our team. Yeah, well, exactly. Like so many, they're and, ignored for four years, and then they're at the Olympics, and they're expected to win gold. And if they don't, you know, it's a uh, national disappointment. Uh, exactly. And, and again, that's that's why I have so much admiration for these women and, and the commitment they make to their sports and the sacrifices they make to their sports. You know, if you're a, if you're, um, you know, a, a top prospect in the NHL, you're Connor Bedard, you know, when you're 16 years old, you're going to be a millionaire. Right. Just how many millions are you going to make? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be pick, your first overall pick or first round pick. You're going to be a millionaire. Whereas women's hockey, you marry Philip Poulain, the best player in the world. You like, you don't know. Am I going to yeah. be able to make a living doing this? Is, is this, you know, what am I going to do when it's over? I need to find another job. Um, you know, for a woman to want to start a family, that gets put on hold, or the job, your careers get put on hold. 
Um, whereas for an NHL player, you don't need to worry about it. I mean, if you want to have a career after hockey, fine, but you don't have to, right? You make enough money when you play, you should be set for life. So all those things factor in. That's, as I said, I really have so much admiration for these women, and uh, I'm hoping that it's a, it's a huge success this league. And you know what I love is that usually when these things are being built, um, everything around the, the league from broadcasters and, and different media, it's like you're hesitant to you're hesitant to criticize because you want it to work, so you don't want to shine any negativity. And again, it's just they're doing it the right way. Like they're not treating this like a Mickey Mouse league. Like the broadcasters, they're doing fair criticism on players, they're they're being critical. Yeah. And uh, fans, I love this. Uh, you know, these teams have never played each other before, Ottawa and Montreal. The Ottawa fans just start raining down the booze right when Montreal hits the ice. You know, like mm-hmm. this is what it needs to be. Just, but don't try to be the NHL, which they're not. Um, in you know, like you said, like with the with signing autographs, like don't think you're you're too good for that. You know, no, I mean, no. The other thing I thought was cool. The other thing I thought was cool. I think it was the Ottawa team I saw on Twitter tonight. You know, the way the, the Canadians and the NHL teams always show you the guys coming in for the game in their suits, and that's the sort of the fashion thing. Well, they were doing the same thing with the woman showing up today. I thought that was kind of cool, giving it the same treatment uh, as what the NHL teams get. And, and I thought it was cool. I mean, there's, as I said, there's a lot of smart people running. There's a lot of money behind it. Um, if it if it doesn't work, and I think it will work, and I hope it will, will work, but if it didn't, it won't be for a lack of uh, effort and money, and that's that's why I, I think it's going to succeed. It, it, I think the question is how successful is it going to be, right? Is mm-hmm. it be a bit of a success? Is it going to be a huge success? And time will tell, but uh, obviously off to a really, really good start. And, um, you know, there's so many, as I said, there's so many younger, you know, when I was growing up and even when I was uh, coaching my son in hockey years ago, I mean, most girls played ringette, right? They didn't play hockey. Mm-hmm. The girls who did play hockey played on a boys team and that's all changed now. Right. So that's, uh, that's good for the future of the sport, um, both at the youth level. And now those young girls playing hockey have something to look up to. You know, they can think they, they have a pro league of their own. So, uh, and listen, the, the, the basketball team in Montreal, uh, I forget. I, I mean, listen, I'll be honest. I've never gone to see a game, but there's a Canadian elite basketball league. Um, they have a team in Montreal. Apparently it's an awesome atmosphere. Make it like that. Like Montreal yeah. uh, sports teams here recently that aren't the Canadians are having, like, they're doing a really good job of making the product. Unbelievable. It's the Montreal Alliance, by the way. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, so I took like, my son. My son's a huge. My son's a huge basketball fan. That's his favorite sport. And I took him to a game last year, and we it was it was fun. It was really yeah. entertaining. It was a lot of fun. I had a really good time. He had a good time. They have a, a few quirky rules that make it fun too. Uh, uh, at the end of the game, it's there's a they stop with two minutes left. They stop with the scores, and there's like a winning score. So the first team yeah. to reach that score wins the game. But it was fun. It was a really they, in Verona Auditorium. They dressed it up well. Uh, they made it fun. It was cool to watch. It really was. So they they have a they have a great atmosphere. The Laval Rocket have a great atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, now there's going to be a buzz around the Montreal Alouettes. Like there's so, and I and I know like listen, Montreal does a lot of things not well one thing they do very well is hockey so they're i'm expecting them to pull out all the stops for their uh for the season for the for the home opener for for the montreal team and uh they just got to build off that momentum because it's gonna it it they have something on their hands that can be something quite amazing uh, and it and it's being built right in front of our very eyes, which is it's, great. It's good for much of something besides the Habs, because I've said there's almost like a Habs sequence in the city. They dominate to a point that it's crazy. I mean, I, you know, I grew up uh, when the Habs were winning Stanley Cups all the time. You know, in the seventies, and but back then, like the Expos were big and the Alouettes were big. They were all the, the Habs were here, but the Expos and the Alouettes were just like just below. Like there were, and there was times when the Expos were above. You know, when the Expos was a team of the eighties, they were. They were huge. And the Alouettes back in the 70s, you know, they were huge. And then all of a sudden, it just it got to the point that where the Canadians, the Canadians are, like, as unsuccessful on the ice as they've ever been, you know, as far as not winning Stanley Cups. Mm-hmm. And they're more popular than they've ever been. There's more interest in the Canadians now than there ever has been. Um, and that's fine. That's good. I mean, good for the Canadians for doing that. But it's nice to see some other sports. The Alouettes winning the Great Cup should, should help them. Uh, the women's hockey team coming along. Like I said the Montreal Alliance. My son wanted to go to the game. I was like, okay, we'll go. And 
he had a great time. I had I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would, to be honest with you. Like I'm mm -hmm. I like basketball. I'm not a huge basketball fan, but my son, who is my son's 24 or 23, he's gonna turn 24 soon. He's a big basketball fan. He thought it was great. Like he loved it. He like he he's already asked me, uh, are we going back when it starts? And same with Laval. You know, I've taken him to Laval Rocket games, and it, that's a fun atmosphere too. So the Canadians are are the thing in this city, but there's a lot of other sports options. Uh, to go watch that are a lot more affordable, right? Most people can't afford to take their kid to the Bell Center to a hockey game unless somebody gives them tickets. And even then, it's an expensive night. <laughs> even if you get free tickets. Well, then, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Because, uh, you know, for me, I, you know, if I'm going with someone, you know, you go for dinner before mm -hmm. the game, you have a beer at the game, maybe two. That's already 24 bucks just on beer. Yeah. Uh, you know, you spend 30 bucks on 41 dinner, bucks like, if you want to park at the Bell Center. It's, it can oh, be an expensive man, yeah, night. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so uh, hopefully this uh, the league carries this momentum. It's going to be, you know, at least for the first uh, for the first season, it's going to be a great success. Uh, you know, they they really would have to they'd have to try pretty hard to mess this one up. So, uh, and they're in pretty good hands, like you said. Billie Jean King is involved, so I think they'll be just fine. The other thing I wanted to talk about before circling back to the Habs is uh, World Juniors, uh, Canada. I mean, disaster this morning. Um, so there's that uh, that I wanted to talk about. And also just, I mean, what more can we talk about? It's the easiest thing to complain about in all of sports, but it's refereeing. Um, just unbelievable stuff in that Sweden-Switzerland uh, game. Also the Slovakia game. Uh, you know, just really, I, I can't wrap my head around it, but let's start with Canada. Um you know, they're down 2 nothing, and then they, they come back 2-2. Two, two. I always say, if you have a lot of chances, like, sure, one's going to come. That's what general uh, knowledge would say. But if you let another team hang around, mm -hmm. bad things happen. Yep. And it was just a bad bounce. That's well, the reality said, of it. As you said, disaster, yes, that they don't want a medal. But knowing that it was a great hockey game. I mean, I watched it this one. It was a fantastic yeah. hockey game, and it was an unlucky bounce. You know, everybody thought it was going into overtime. It was 11 seconds yeah. left or whatever it was. And then, you know, a shot hits out Canadian's defenseman skate, hits the post, and it goes in. That's sports. That's what we love about it. If you win, if you're on the winning side, it's wonderful, and you love it. If you're on the losing side, it sucks. So it sucked for Canada today. But, you know, there's going to be all – I'm sure there'll be people now saying, oh, Canadian hockey is this and that, and it's – Yeah. Well, it was a bad bounce. You know, if they got a good bounce, they go on to their next round. Maybe they go on and win the gold medal. It's, it's what it was. It was a bad bounce. And there's so many other countries. I mean, the U.S. is now a the U.S. is now a powerhouse hockey oh, yeah. system. But that you know, that development program USA Hockey is, has brought in uh, the U18, the U20. They're a powerhouse in hockey. They really are. I mean, the population they got a lot more kids, right? So more kids in the U.S. are starting to play hockey. They got more kids to to pick from. You know, Austin Matthews from Arizona. You know, when I was a kid, the thought of a kid from Arizona even knowing how to skate would be unthinkable. Now you got one, you know, one of the best players in the NHL. So for Canada, it was just disastrous in that they didn't win a medal, but not disastrous in that they, they lost the game. It was a really close game. You said they were down 2 nothing. They came back. It uh, looked like they were going to win it. I mean, they were yeah. taking it to the most of the way, and then a bad bounce, 11 seconds left, and they lose. That's sports. Yeah, and it was just, you know, it's good that it was a revenge for Czechia because, you know, they, I think, uh, what's it, is that who Canada beat? In yeah, the in overtime last, last year. year. Yeah, there you go. Medal, yeah. So... You know, revenge for Czechia. I think it was 14 or 12 players they said on the broadcast that had to stand there and listen to the Canadian anthem with silver medals around yeah. their necks. Uh, so well, that's I think Canada only had one player coming back, right? Owen Beck was the only right. guy back from last year, so it was a you know it was a different type of team. Yeah. So uh, again, it's just uh, so that, but stealing the show is just like I I, I really dislike when referees steal the show yeah. and boy oh boy across really all of sports they're doing a fantastic job of it like it started yeah. you know the whole season in the nfl it's just been a mess across the board for you know i think every team has been has been uh you know a victim of a really bad call like more mm -hmm. so than other years and then just to see like how does that goal uh, in the Slovakia game, I was shocked. Like it goes to replay. They go to review the goal. It, the, the the clock hits zeros and then resets to 18 automatically for the intermission time. And they're just like, yeah, that's a good goal. Yeah. Good goal for Slovakia. That's a no problem. I, 
you know, it's video review, I think, is ruining sports. It's like, I think uh, it sounds like an old guy yelling at the clouds here, but just right. I, I thought it was better. Just look, I mean, they're going to screw up on the ice, but when they go to video review and they still screw it up, and it happens, oh, seems that's, to happen so yeah. often. And like in the NHL now, nobody knows what goalie interference is or isn't, right? Nobody knows. You go to the video review. I can't remember. Well, Dave Poole, and uh, congratulations to him getting the job in Ottawa now. He'll be great hockey mind. He'll be fantastic at it. But one of the Canadians games, uh, he was doing with Brian Mudrick there recently. And oh, my God, like, yes. I guarantee you this is – I can't remember what the call was. I guarantee you. And he was wrong. And he was, like, laughing. Like, I'm always wrong. But this one I was sure. So, you know, Dave Poole and who – played in the NHL, was captain of the Flyers, was on Team Canada's for Canada Cups, has been a coach at Notre Dame. He's been an executive with the Leafs. If guys like that don't know what the rules are, like it's to me it's like video review has is, is, is done more harm than good in my opinion, especially in hockey. Well, it's the, the whole thing is that like video review always gets introduced because of these egregious calls that slip through the cracks. And then like, because how many calls are really egregious? And then how many are like, yeah. you know, decided by millimeters? Yeah. So, and a lot of the video reviews are judgment calls that you're making on the referee made a judgment on the field. And now the video review guy's making a judgment too. You know, exactly. But uh, like the, the penalty being called against Switzerland for a check. And it's just like, Man, you went to review. Like I saw, I remember it was I forget who it was against, but Canada, they took a penalty. They like Owen Beck, he got hit really hard. And he it looked like he was gonna exit the game. They went to review. Mike Johnson said on the on the broadcast, this is a two-minute for me, because it was right yeah. away, it was five yeah. in a game, and then it yeah. went to review. He said, This is a two for me. Like it's not five in a game. He leads yeah. with the shoulder, it hits him in the head. It's unfortunate, whatever. And then you just like the ref gets on the mic and it's no penalty at all. Well, and, and Mike Johnson said also, I remember I was watching, he said, and of course, I guess he could say there's no penalty too, like almost joking. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's what the call ended up being no penalty. But it's just, I, I don't know what it is this year. It's the NHL too. Like how many times have we sat here and said like that was a poorly ref to get, like really bad. The, and sport, the, the best sport for replay is tennis. You know, mm. It takes five seconds and the ball's in or the ball's out. That's you know, yes. And they show it on the video screen, right? You actually see yeah. where the ball lands so you know if it's in or out. But I mean the judgment stuff. I mean I've said if you're going to keep video review in hockey, to me – it should just be, did the puck cross the line or not? Mm-hmm. Or like tonight when um, Josh Anderson got the high stick in the face and the referee wants to review it to see what the penalty. That makes sense to right. me. You know, the ref maybe didn't see it right. want to see if it was intentional. Is it a two? Is it a four? Is it a five? But like, you know, there's goalie interference and these offsides that are offside by a, a, a millimeter and really had nothing to do with, uh, you know, the goal was scored, you know, <laughs> 30 seconds after this millimeter of an offside to me, that's not what video review should be for. It's like, uh, so the, the lines are missing an offside call by that much. Live with it. No, it's, it's, but that's it. It's Pandora's box. Now you look at it, look at it in the NBA, every single thing gets reviewed. And, but you know what? You would almost, if you're, that's the thing. If you, if you, I'm of the, the mindset is of, if you have it, use it to make the right call. Like don't, you know what I mean? It's now mm. that you introduced it, you've opened Pandora's box. You can't get away from it. And anyways, I mean, uh, I almost to the, just the referee, the referee asking for his own review. Like if a referee on the ice makes a call and is not sure him saying, I want to check that as right. opposed to, you know, all these other, the coaches challenges and all these other things that we have right now. You know what though, coaches' challenges I'm okay with. Just set a set a timer. If you can't get yeah. it in two or three minutes, like yeah, call stands. Call exactly. Stands, if, you can't, if you can't if you can't determine it after a minute and a half of looking at it from 15 different angles, well then just go with the call that the guy in the ice made. Exactly. Uh, anyways, uh, enough complaining about the refs. That's everyone's daily dose. Um, easiest thing in sports to complain about um, because everyone hates refs. Sorry, refs. But, okay, so back to the Canadians. They have uh, two, you know, like like we said, we, we talked about Thursday's game. Uh, we're going to do what every coach hates, which is looking past an opponent and looking towards Saturday's game uh, against the New York Rangers. That's a big game. 
Like that, mm-hmm. I that and again, just like the Canadians have had a lot of litmus tests uh, recently, and that is another one that I am very, very excited for. I, I like their chances against the Rangers more than I like their chances against Buffalo, just because of what we spoke about earlier, just coming back from right. that road trip. You know, as I said, they're going to get to bed at uh, five o'clock this morning. Yeah, their sleep pattern is going to be screwed up. They're going to be tired. They're going to be dealing with, you know, wives will be happy to see them and kids will be ha- even happy. You know, it's going to be a lot going on. They're going to be, uh, you know, morning skate on Thursday and then the game Thursday night. They're going to be, they're going to be tired Thursday, I think. But Saturday, I think they have a better chance uh, uh, against the Rangers just because I think they'll be, the Canadians will be in a better condition to, to win a hockey game. And, Listen, it's Saturday night at the Bell Center. Original six matchup. Uh, yeah, it's always good. I, you know, I really, I, I have a very vivid memory of uh, once I want want to see the Rangers. Uh, coincidentally, it was uh, this game is this game is on my birthday. My birthday is January sixth. Um, coincidentally, a couple of years back, I went to go see a game against the Rangers on January sixth. This is might be it's eight years ago at this point, yeah. but man, like. No, it's got to be more because Sean Avery was still on the team. Yeah. And, like, it was so much fun just screaming at Sean Avery. Like, I was – I couldn't have been more than 15 years old, and I was just screaming at him because I was close enough for them to hear. And, like, it's just the New York fans are in town. Man, it's it's a fun atmosphere when it's the Rangers because it's one that you don't really – I feel like there's not much substance there, but there should be more between Montreal and New York. Yeah, and original six, the original six uniforms are the best – not even close. That's part of it. And Saturday at the Bell Center or whoever it is, it's always special. The players talk about it too. Like Saturday night's just, it's different. It's just a different atmosphere on a Saturday night. And as you say, with the original six team coming in and the Rangers are a good team, uh, it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be, it'll be a really good game. Uh, so we'll look forward to that one. Hopefully the game on Thursday isn't, uh, doesn't go. I mean, listen, this game didn't go the way we thought it would go. So maybe Thursday won't either. Uh, Stu, enjoy the rest of your week and, uh, we'll chat soon. All right. Take care. That was Stu Cowan. I'm Matt O'Hayan. Tony's back tomorrow night. I'm back Thursday. See you then. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group, driven to be different. LaVita.tv, embrace your true nature, and Playground, your premier gaming destination.